You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb from 360 Media, and we're on episode two of Digging Deep, where we help business owners build better businesses through education. Today I have with me a avid Manchester United fan. He is the author of seven books, including an award-winning novel, A Thousand Bayonets, that turned into a screenplay shown in Times Square, New York. He's currently launching a new venture, ghostwriterandco.com, and I am super happy to uh, have him here. He's been a member of my BNI chapter um, and since uh, I joined in 2018, so I'm super excited. Mr. Joel Mark Harris, how are Thanks. you? Thank you. I'm super excited to be here as well and uh, uh, ready. Awesome. So let me, let, let's back up a little bit. So how, how did you get into copywriting in the first place? Sure. So that's a long and very winding road. I. Basically, I first um, went to Langara for journalism. I wanted to, you know, write. So I think that, you know, all through my different um, career paths, the one thing that has been constant is the writing. I've always loved it. I've always... So then what is it about writing that you like so much? I think it's being able to clarify my thoughts, you know, um, to be able to really figure out what I'm trying to say and say it and I'm able to say it in writing in a like a clear concise way and I'm not kind of bound by any rules and I, I can go back and edit it after and um, that so will yeah that will really for the most yeah, part we don't get to edit a lot of this exactly. stuff in my head. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes the things come out and you go, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you go, oh, I should have censored that. But um, so then if you liked writing and you went to Langara for it, were you uh, also into writing when you were really young? Oh, yeah, so ever since I, I can remember, I loved writing, especially fiction. Um, but I love news and I love um, the way that, you know, it's portrayed in in the media, and I love the you know newspapers. It's a kind of dying profession right now, but um, it was something I was always fascinated as a kid. Mm, okay, yeah. and so what was life like as a kid? I mean, you know, writing isn't really uh, a generally accepted uh, kind of hobby as you were yeah. a kid. So were you picked on? Like, what, no, what was I mean, I had two. I had very two different sets of friends. I had definitely my. Um, my writer friends, my more geeky friends, if you will. But I was also a bit of a jock because I love sports. You know, I was, I was fairly good at soccer. And so I really were able to navigate the two, um, two types of people, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so as you've evolved, um, what type of writing do you currently like to do? Uh, I like everything, honestly. I, you know, obviously still write fiction a lot. Um, I like to write commentary about world events. Uh, I love to write about marketing, uh, so I'd say like a very wide variety of writing. Mm, okay, yeah. and with that, like, how important is uh, writing and copy per se uh, in the business world? Like, how do you find um, your words can persuade yeah. or or persuade an individual uh, one way or the other? I'd say it's super important because you know, with all the talk about video and podcasting, I still. 
I still believe that copy is still the number one way of persuading people, especially online, um, because when people try to, when people are thinking about clicking or viewing or listening to something, what is the thing that gets them actually interested? It's the title, it's the headline, it's what is the podcast called? Mm, and so then the question is then, how do you, if you're ghostwriting, yeah. ghostwriting is different from copywriting yeah. in, in the sense, um, how does how does a person who is separated from that um, uh, individual, how are you able to distill their voice into a piece so that it doesn't sound off-brand? Yeah, it's a very good question. And it's really about getting into that person's head. So you usually have to spend some time, you have to interview them, you have to figure out what their point of view is and what their you know, relationship to the subject matter is. Mm. And I mean, what is the use for copyright? Or yeah, well, I guess ghostwriting now um, in in today's market. Like, what is what is the advantage of having a ghostwriter? What does it what does it help? With? Sure. So for me, it's really about thought leadership. Uh, I really believe that it's important to stand out in the marketplace, especially with you know so many different marketing messages out there. Right? You're bombarded by Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising. Uh, so really ghostwriting what it does is it allows the person who has a distinct point of view, has a distinct message to, um, to state to the world, it really allows him to communicate that to his audience. And usually as a ghostwriter, what you do is you talk to that person and they're not really sure about their own messaging sometimes or a lot of the time. And what they do, what the ghostwriter do is able to parse that out of that person and help them convey that message. Mm. And so for us in a brand uh, strategy sense, what we try to do is uh, we like to do that heavy lifting, try to get into the head of people yeah. uh, through interview process to distilling uh, their core ideals mm -hmm. uh, and then being able to pass that on to somebody like yourself so that you could go and run with it. Um, and I think from a brand's perspective and from, from agencies, I think that copywriting relationship, mm -hmm. um, once it's forged and, and it's strong, I, I think you get a really good feel for that. Mm -hmm. um, so then tell me a little bit about your book, um, A Thousand Bayonets. Sure. So how do you go from written book to screenplay? Yeah, so um, this film, again, you know, I love stories, obviously, and so it, I love storytelling in different uh, methods, different genres, and so I've, you know, I've always loved film. I've always been fascinated by it, and it just happened. I met this director through playing soccer, funny enough, um, and he was super interested, and he needed a story that he wanted to tell, and I told him about, you know, I'm a published author, and this is my story, and he was really interested in it, and so we together crafted the... Um, the screenplay, I did the writing and he kind of, um, he had some feedback about it and, you know, because I, what I did, what I wrote was very novel, like, so it'd be, um, the, uh, the writer would, sorry, the uh, character would, would say everything out loud and what he taught me is it's really about the looks, right? It's about um, the visuals, about making things 
visually appealing, and you don't have to explain like I feel sad. Right. So you're you inferring know? it. I mean, yeah, we're, we're exactly. Not, okay, cool. Yeah. And so, how does it get from that screenplay yeah. onto the the New York? It, so was was it in a theater or was it like just so, out in the square? Like how how? Yeah, did that it was, work? Uh, they built bleachers um, in the summertime, and so they had you know big, the big red ones that are already yeah there. yeah. I think so. I think they built. I think they brought some some out, mm -hmm. and they. Um, uh, just had like a big screen out there um, and so it was pretty cool. It was really really great experience um, Because you know people there's like, you know Thousands of people are walking by and a lot of them stopped and would watch and you know Some of them would continue some of them would uh, watch the entire thing. So it's it great. Well, that's pretty cool yeah. And so that novel in itself is uh, on Amazon. Yeah, right and uh, are all, all seven of your books yeah. are on Amazon? Mm -hmm. Okay, so go to Amazon.com if you want to uh, find out a little bit more about that. Um, so Ghostwriter & Co, yeah. um, and that's, that's your, your company. Yeah. Um, it's ghostwritersandco.com. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, so it really comes out of, again, like that thought leadership. I wanted to be able to provide a unique way of Marketing because I mean ultimately it's a, it's a marketing tool for businesses. That's that's my background and that's um, the people I specialize in helping and so it's a way for them to To really get that message out there and really do it in a very um, Concise way because I mean these the people who I generally help are super busy, you know entrepreneurs business uh, business people and they they want to write a book or they want to get their, their message out through blogging and through various, um, through, yeah, various writing. And so they basically hire me to, um, to tell that message and I'm able to uh, spread that across you know, various platforms. Amazing. And so for, for those people listening and for people watching, uh, you know, one of the things as a content creator that you know, we run into is uh, producing a mass amount of content. And if you've noticed, like litter the internet yeah. with that stuff um, between this podcast that's just starting, um, some of our videos, Instagram TV. And of course, when you're super busy and you have all this material, sometimes curating that material is really difficult. But having that available and condensed down and then passed on to somebody like you yeah. who gets to see here and like, you know, maybe be incepted with my voice, yeah. and however sexy it is. Um, <laughs> You know that they're going to be able to help me distill all that down into a book so stay tuned because eventually a book is going to come your <laughs> way and hopefully i'm going to bring value to some of you guys um you know and if you're getting value out of this podcast like please uh follow subscribe um you know it helps leave comments love to find more ways to introduce uh new content to people um so tell me a little bit about um maybe do you have any tips on, say, a person who may be listening? How do you quickly improve your writing? Um, you know, if they say not ready to find a ghostwriter yeah. um, and or you know get copywriting done, you know, what's a quick way for a person to kind of adapt that? Yeah, sure. So there's unfortunately no magic bullet. I wish there was. I wish I can just snap my fingers and tell people like this is the way. But it's really about uh, reading the people that you uh, find most inspiring. For me, Ryan Holiday is one of those, those people. Um, so, you know, um, so subscribe to their email list, right? Um, read the books, uh, read the blogs, uh, and then just kind of try and emulate them as much as possible. And then once you master that, you can find your own voice. And so kind of use what you've learned there and make it your own. Hmm. 
And so how does an app like Grammarly affect you? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it worth it? Is it useful? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, it's such a time saver. Um, I definitely recommend it to everybody. Uh, you, the worst editors is yourself, right? Because you always miss your own mistakes. You always, you know, bypass those simple spelling grammar mistakes. So Grammarly really helps you with that. I would always um, encourage people to get other people to look at your work because, you know, everyone has blind spots and it's so easy just to, to miss those things. So get, yeah, definitely get a proofreader, get somebody to look it over before uh, publishing. Uh, Grammarly sucks on my phone because every time I try to type in a word, it changes the word completely <laughs> and it can't, and it doesn't have a way for me to just bypass the word, like names. Oh. Well, you can, I mean, you can program it, right, to automatically. I time to program it. God damn. <laughs> just wanted to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, to, at least on the Apple keyboard, it'll like, just like, it'll show the word yeah. that I want and just like, forget it, just keep yeah. going. Grammarly? Type the word, doesn't have a way for me to bypass it, so if it off. If it's a common word that you use all the time, just go into the back end and say ignore all. It's, yeah, it, quick tip. There you go. <laughs> okay, and so tell me a little bit about um, how business is. Like, what is the industry like? I, I mean, over the last, I'd say, decade, I've seen mm -hmm. the writing industry as a, as a conglomerate really shift from... Yeah journalism, um, yeah. you know, and, and magazines to, you know, everything's on the web and it seems like magazines are dying. So what's yeah. going on? Well, it's a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, there's no mistaking that. But content marketing, content is alive and well. It, I would say it's more important now than it ever was before. I would say that, you know, advertising, you know, pay-per-click is getting less effective. Uh, you see, you know, Google ads are more expensive these days. You know, Facebook and Instagram, you're, you're competing, you know, heavily against huge companies, right? People are dumping tons of money into them. So I would say content marketing really is, it's still the future. And I think that you have to find your own voice. You have to find your own niche and you have to find your own audience. And there's no, there's no quick way of doing it, unfortunately. Uh, it's really about just, you know, kind of figuring out your own pathway and, and being yourself and being true to yourself and to your own voice and, um, and just continue. And there's going to be some dark days where you're like, I got no likes, no views on my posts. Um, but you just have to keep going. And um, it's, it's a long strategy, a long-term strategy. But... In the end, it, it's going to—it's super effective because once you kind of reach that tipping point, then you are golden because people are going to be listening to you because you are so different from your competition because you have that unique point of view, and it's going to be what makes you stand out. It's going to be what makes people come to your website and hire you, whatever your industry is, over other people. Yeah, and, and for us, like, we spend a lot of time doing that, trying to find the voice of, of the people that we serve. Yeah. Uh, and content is king, but content isn't just king. Good content is king, because a lot sure. of people are putting a lot of shit out there yeah. on, on the internet. Um, they, they're not adding value, and there's a misconception about, you know, beating their chest and telling you what they do for a living yeah. and their product and services. Um, but that's not really the full game, is it? No, for sure. So... Uh, it's interesting. Over the last couple years, we've seen 
that the blog posts that do the the best are the ones that are a little bit longer. They're a lot more in depth. Those you know used to be able to write five hundred uh, word blog posts, and they used to do you know okay if not great. Now you find that five hundred word blog posts they don't even make a dent. So you uh, the sweet spot seems to be for Google is about a thousand to twelve hundred. But you're seeing longer blog posts, um, you know, even up to ten thousand words, which you know takes a huge amount of resources, huge a huge amount of writing. Um, but those really are the blog posts that are going to stay around. And but that stuff changes all the time. Like yeah. you know, today it's ten thousand. You know, next week it could be five hundred again because Google likes to stick with you like that. Yeah, they do. But it all comes down to what you're saying earlier about value. Are you creating value for your customer, right? And if you create that value, that value is going to be good from now and you know, ten years from now. So um, the the algorithms are going to change, but if you're always creating that content that people want to to read, then you're always going to be good. Yeah. So don't focus on the algorithm so much. Focus on your customers, and and you can never lose with that strategy. Yeah, I totally think yeah. that's the case, and I think a lot of people have this uh, false perception that as long as they're putting out content, that it's going to turn itself over, and they're so short term about it, and they're posting online, and you know they're not getting traction, and they're wondering what the heck happens, yeah. but they forget that part of that game isn't the immediate uh, response; it's the long tail, oh, it's sure. the searchability, and you know for us when we're helping clients putting out content all the time, you know, in different ways, different, you know, uh, mediums, whether it's through video, uh, through transcribed audio, um, through blog posts, you know, whatever it is that we're, we're helping our clients do, um, the, the curation of content is really geared so that when a person types in a subject or a term yeah. that they're looking for, that it's embedded in your, in your stuff. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of get stuck with content and or paralyzed because of how much work goes into the writing yeah, of, right? For sure. So it's, uh, it's really about a proliferation game. It's how much can you push out at any given time that's still quality yeah. content. Um, and so for Ghostwriters & Co, um, are you solely focused on say, um, just book writing and like, like maybe lead gen articles or are you uh, open to doing copywriting uh, for like yeah, blogs? For and, sure, yeah. yeah. It's more about the, the client. So, who we help the most, who we specialize in helping the most, is that business, uh, is that entrepreneur who just doesn't have time to um, to create that content, but who has great ideas and maybe needs a little help in formulating them, um, but who really wants to be that thought leader in that industry. Mm, okay, so here's an interesting question. So. Um, all the rage now, you go into a landing site and they have a pop-up box that says, I've got a lead gen for you. Yeah. How valuable is that lead gen? And you know, what do you think are some downfalls that you've seen yeah. um, uh, where people create content that may be not useful or self-serving or you know, um, have other ulterior yeah. motives? Like, How do you feel that that translates to the website? Well, I mean, these days you see everybody yeah, lead, you have a landing page, uh, exactly, subscribe now, get my free ebook, right? So uh, it's still effective, it still works, is, which is why people are doing it. Obviously, it's not uh, as effective as it once was, but again, it's, it's about becoming that unique thought leader, right? And so 
it's about finding what is different. Don't do just like 10 marketing tips on SEO. That's not going to work, right? Really figure out who your audience is and what uh, makes you different and unique. Mm. Now, you, you mentioned ebooks. So now, you know, with, with Kindle, Audible, uh, and all these things coming in, into play, uh, how valuable is it for a person to be published via ebook um, or via traditional methods? Like, mm -hmm. is there a difference? What what what's what are some things that people might want to consider or look out for? I think there's definitely a difference in perception, right? So a more traditional author has that authority, and that's important, especially if you're looking at getting on the TED stage, if you're looking for more speaking engagements. Um, for solopreneurs, it's it's definitely helpful in terms of lead gen it doesn't really matter um i think people these days um they're savvy enough to know that uh you can your the book quality doesn't really matter like, you know uh in the author's ebooks they used to have this stigma that you know oh it, it's just um it's qual it's not up to par it's uh not as as good as a real traditional book but I think nowadays people don't really see a difference. Um, there's not much um, advantages apart from what I just mentioned in terms of are you traditionally published or are you self-published through Amazon? Um, you know, there's some very high quality eBooks out there. Um, and so how about the financial outlay? Yeah. Like, is it how much, and because I don't really know, it's yeah. not my world, like, and you've published books, like how much of a financial outlay do you have to put into a published book um, or, and how do you get picked up by a, by a publisher? Yeah, so a, a traditional publisher, they would take on all the risk and all the costs, right? So they would do the editing, they would do the, the graphics for you, they would do all the distribution, the marketing, right? And you would take it just a small percentage, sometimes, you know, one or 2% of the entire book, right? Um, with uh, with ebooks, with uh, self-publishing, you are basically taking on all the risks. So you have to create the cover, you have to do all the marketing for you. Um, and so I would say that, um, but of course on the, on the flip side, you also get about 70% of the revenue, right? So it's, I guess, about risk and reward. Uh, traditional publishing obviously takes a lot longer. You have to jump through a lot more hoops. Um, you have to be careful of more spelling mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> though there doesn't seem to be much different. If you look at a tradition, traditionally published book these days, you can you can catch some uh, some spelling mistakes. They don't have as many editors as they used to. It used to go through like ten different editors. Now you have one editor if if you're lucky. And so so let's back up a little sure. bit. So self publishing books. Um, you mentioned getting it on Amazon. Is that a hard process? Like, how do you get it up there? No, super easy. Super easy. It's it's a matter of just like uploading mm -hmm. and then click. You're done. It's it takes maybe ten minutes, mm -hmm. five minutes, yeah, at the most. And is there an ideal length, an ideal price point that like people um, get? Or so ninety nine cents is popular for ebook. Uh, Four ninety nine for sometimes, and then about um, yeah, fifteen twenty bucks for. Um, for like an actual hard copy. But what people are actually doing now, um, well, they've been doing it for a couple years now, but they've been pricing the book actually a little bit more expensive, but then giving them 
additional like resources like uh, videos so um, people will be like 30 40 bucks even fifty dollars and then you'd get you know a free course or a free video series uh, with your purchase mm, yeah oh, that's an interesting method yeah. okay cool I like to try to, to summarize uh, a bunch of things but thank you so much for for being part of it I think uh, for anybody who is publishing or thinking of publishing or trying to figure out their content engine. I think that uh, we found some real value there. Uh, what I want to leave people with is what is a favorite resource to you? Um, you know, it could be anything, sure. um, but what is a favorite resource that you like to, to go to? Sure. Um, probably one of my favorite uh, websites is Coffee Blogger because they have a little bit of everything on there. They have, they have I think, something crazy like 4,000 articles about SEO, about copywriting, about publishing, uh, the whole gambit about if you, so if you're interested in writing, I would start there. They, they have uh, free training, uh, that's just like anything, you know? So um, that's definitely a great resource. Um, I, yeah, that's. I think that's that has everything actually. Awesome. So yeah. for those of you who have lots of time on your hand and <laughs> willing to write, willing to read, and not do the work that you need to be doing to turn a profit, go to Copy Blogger because yeah. apparently that's a good resource. Yeah. But for those of you guys who are on your lunch break, want to kind of check it out. That that's a good resource for you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much All for right. coming. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Um, Stay tuned because uh, the next uh, episode we're going to be uh, meeting a really interesting entrepreneur as well. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for watching and thank you uh, so much. If you found value, please follow, subscribe, uh, find us on Spotify if you are finding this on YouTube. And I appreciate your time and I hope we're bringing you value. Have a great day.